Jen Schrader, and this is Behind the Springs, conversations with the people working for you in Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. Welcome, everybody. If you're like me, when the temperatures drop, you may start thinking about people who are experiencing homelessness in our community. And perhaps you see them outside and you wonder how you can help, or you might wonder what is being done by the city to help. And I am fortunate to have Crystal Carr as my guest today. She has just recently joined the city as our new homeless prevention and response coordinator. So Crystal, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Okay. So our listeners may hear that title, your new title, and wonder what does that mean? So tell us a little bit about your job at the city, your role, and maybe a little bit about your background and how you came to be here with us. Sure. So um, I am new. I'm still learning the different parts of it. But one of the big things is that we are not a service provider here at the city, but we do a lot to support the service providers in our community. And we really want to help get them connected so that we're working as a cohesive unit Um, to really address the issues of homelessness and housing instability here. So you're constantly working with all those those folks in your role. I'm working. I love it. I get to still work with the people that I know from being a service provider at Family Promise. And so I get to still interact with them. And it's been great because I get to hear from them on what they are seeing, what they are experiencing, what their individuals and families and the veterans and seniors, all the different groups of people that we work with and that are experiencing homelessness are going through right now and hearing the challenges directly from them. Um, And I also get to go out with the homeless homeless outreach team with the fire department as well as with the police department. They do amazing work. Oh, they're phenomenal. Um, And those are some of my favorite days because it's very sad because it's one thing that when you know about homelessness and, you know, what we see on the streets, you know, but going out into the encampments and going out with the police department and the fire department and meeting people up close and personal, those are, they're heavy days. They're also days that I get to connect with the people who are actually experiencing it. And um, I did that as a service provider and it's kind of nice. I get to have that that personal contact with them to let them know that, you know, we do care Mm -hmm. and the city does care. And and while we are not a provider, we do have some funding or explain that to people how that works. So we have both community block grants that we're able to give out to service providers to help support them for case management, for staffing. Um, We also have emergency solutions money and those are all come from federal funding and So we distribute those funds through an application process to the local nonprofits who are out there doing shelter work, homeless prevention, rapid rehousing, um, those kinds of things. And And so one of the biggest things you're doing is really bringing all those voices mm -hmm. together so they know what the other is doing and and it's all clicking together. Yeah, so that they can all work together. And, you know, because not one agency can do everything on its own. It really takes a community partnership not just with the nonprofits and with the city, but also the community members. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important that we all come together to really address this because there's not just one solution. And I've noticed um, that 
you know, the words that you're using to describe our homeless population. I noticed that you and a lot of other people that are close to this issue do not say homeless people. You say people experiencing homelessness. Can you talk about why that distinction is important? Absolutely. So it's a good distinction and it's really important because words have more power than I think we sometimes realize. And to say that someone is a homeless person, that means that their whole identity is wrapped up in being homeless. But the reality is they're people and they're having an experience of homelessness. They haven't been homeless their entire lives. No, and it's, so it's one part of their human experience. Um, just like I personally, I had cancer several years ago. I'm not cancer. I had cancer. It's a different, so to say that they're experiencing homelessness validates who they are as a person and offers dignity and respect in a way that saying that's a homeless person does not, because there's something about saying that that summarizes them as a person really devalues their full worth and dignity. And saying it in that way also highlights the fact that many of these people are trying to move out of homelessness. Absolutely. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, there's a lot of talk in the community about, you know, people choosing it and all the different reasons. And there's a multitude of factors that bring people to homelessness. And a, most of it, I would say, is rooted in real trauma and having some and the experience of homelessness is very traumatic when you think of losing the safety and security of your home. Um, it's really a loss of, of everything in a lot of ways. It's that basic of Maslow's hierarchy of needs of where you need to start. And so when you miss that, it's really hard to get back up on your feet, you know, just by yourself. And so you need that community support and you need others to see the value in you because sometimes when you go through that, you begin to lose sight of that yourself. Where would you say your personal passion for this has come from? Um, I grew up in a fairly impoverished household. And um, as a teenager, I spent a week living in a car. And so I don't consider that like real homelessness because it was very time specific. It was a very unique circumstance. But I know how that feels, you know, just to a small extent. And so there's some of that passion. And, and then I think once you just are with some of those people and those families um, and the kids, it's hard not to get passionate about that because you understand them from a, just a human perspective of their fellow human beings on this wild journey that we get to be on. And they hit a rough patch or maybe they started with a rough patch and they're working really hard to make their way out. And even the people who kind of struggle with addictions, a lot of them, it's they're trying to kick that addiction, but it's hard, especially when your daily life, you know, you're living in a shelter, you have to leave by 8 a.m. You may or may not have had the ability to have a shower the night before. And, you know, I think as I'm getting older and I wake up sometimes out of my nice comfy bed and I've slept wrong with a crick in my neck and I think, oh my gosh, what's that like to wake up from a cot or a mat at a shelter or something worse, you know? Right. Not the great way to start your day. No. And, and so like, it's like, I've had the experience of being with them on a good day at the Family Promise Shelter when it was open. 
of seeing the joy and just the life that these families have despite their hardship. And I find that to be really infectious, that even in the worst of times, you see these sparks of joy and laughter and closeness, closeness of the families. And so they really are just like us. They just hit a rough patch. And so they need that, they need that support to say, hey, we're here for you, and we're going to help you make your way out of this. And let's talk about some of the ways that, you know, that we're, that we're helping to do that. Because as a city employee, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but even I hear from people, what is the city doing about this issue? Um, can you talk more about our role and just some of our successful initiatives and programs? You know, what is literally being done? Yeah, absolutely. One of the, I think, the greatest programs that we started was the Work COS program. And that's where people who are living in shelters or in transitional housing can apply for a job with our public works department. And it's it's a basic entry-level position. It's temporary work. It's a six to 12-month program where they're getting some case management support at the shelter program that they're with. And then I also meet with them once a week to just check in on their goals and what they're trying to get out of the work program. We've had three individuals get hired on permanently through the city. And that's great because you think about that's a, that is a definite change where they are introduced to a living wage. They have benefits. It's something that they can really build on for a lifelong career. And I will tell you that listening to their supervisors, they are some of the hardest workers that they have out there. And That's so awesome. Yeah. The idea that, you know, all the homeless people, all the people experiencing homelessness are just lazy and they don't want to work. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be a few of those, just there's bad apples in every group. You know, it's the human condition, I guess. But this work COS program this is ongoing. COS is ongoing okay. and it's really exciting. They started out with four people as a team. They're now up to eight people with two teams. They're looking at, in 2023, adding four more people to their teams because it's been so successful, not only for those individuals, but for the city as well. Right, a great source for us to find these great workers. And so when you see people cleaning the medians and cleaning up the streets, you can know that those are the people who are hard at work, and some of them may not have a regular place to live. Right. But this is that transition. Yeah, it's that transition. It's, and several of them have moved from shelter into housing because they have steady work and a steady paycheck. They've had some guidance to help them on how to budget, how to set goals, how to meet those goals, and how to continue moving forward. Do you feel like you you have more interest and, um, I shouldn't say interest, but just... Um, you know, people thinking more about our population experiencing homelessness during these cold winter months. I mean, this is when we start to say, what if I didn't have a roof over my head? Oh, absolutely. And people are are also thinking about their end of year giving, which is fine with us, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter when they give. We know that those gifts are greatly needed by all of those nonprofits who are working so hard. So there's various places that people can give, but then also, can you talk a little bit about the Pikes Peak Veteran Housing Fund? Because I know veteran homelessness is a big topic here in Colorado Springs. Veteran homelessness is a significant issue. And when you think about these are the people who went to serve our country 
and then they come home, you know, from a deployment or just from their time of service. And they're really, they need and deserve that extra level of support because they've been through a lot. And so it seems only right to me that we try and do our best to help them and their families to get stable. Um, But the Pikes Peak Veteran Housing Fund, it's a flex fund, which is great because that means that when they need a housing, they need some assistance with housing. And a lot of the programs have lots of requirements that people have to meet. And this housing fund is very flexible. And so we're able to cut a check usually within a week, whereas in a regular process, it might take three weeks to a month. Landlords don't have that time to wait. You know, they, they especially want, in today's and market. And they need their money now to right. cover their bills. Right. And so it's been really great because we've been able to pay those funds quickly and get them housed quickly. Also providing a level of support. Um, I think it's really interesting. A lot of times landlords are reticent to take somebody with a voucher or with housing assistance because they're afraid that they're going to go in and trash the unit or, mm-hmm. you know, do something bad. Or it'll be a problematic. And one of the cool things that the Veteran Housing Fund does is it has an agreement with the landlords that if something goes wrong, they will come in and pay to have the house fixed to fix whatever damages happened. Out of the 30 plus households that have received funding, one landlord has asked for assistance to cover damages. And so I think that's really exciting because it shows that landlords really can trust. Yes. That these tenants, these tenants are, they're good tenants. Mm -hmm. And if they have something like a voucher, that's money that's coming in. It's steady. It's always there. And so, so sometimes, I mean, it's important to have that flexible money and that it just it's a timely manner. You're able to yeah, get that. And that's timely. key. Yeah. That is huge. Okay. You know, because landlords have bills too. You right. know, it's, we all struggle with budgets and making sure that we're covering the bases. Well, and it's so competitive right now. Oh, it's intensely competitive. And speaking of, you work closely with our folks here in our community development department who are thinking about affordable housing yes. and that's what they're working on constantly. Okay. Yeah. So you're in constant communication with them. Yeah. And they're amazing. They're working really hard to build affordable housing projects so that, and the struggle is we have to do both. We have to reduce the harm that's happening now, as well as building capacities for the future. And so they're working really hard trying to get 1500 units um, either created or preserving units that maybe were falling apart and going in and getting them rehabbed so that they, they're they good places for people to live and thrive. Mm-hmm. So every year the city is putting to, is helping to put forth 1,500 new units. Yes. That's really exciting stuff. Yes. It's a good time. It's a challenging yes. time. It's very right? challenging. But a good time But as there well. are some great things happening. And sometimes the progress seems slow. And that can be frustrating, but it's really great because we have a lot of things coming down the pipeline that will help sustain our community for the long term. I was going to say, you sound so positive and I know you and I know you're not just (laughs) putting on a happy face. You are a positive person. So what helps you stay positive during the really challenging times and just challenging parts of your job? Um, I, I would say it's that human connection for me. I love having that 
one-on-one time where I get to meet with people and talk to them and just be present to them. Um, I think we don't always realize how valuable that is. And so, you know, it's cold. We don't recommend, you know, giving money out to people, you know, who are just on the street. Um, We do recommend giving money to the agencies that are supporting. Um, But saying hello and looking them in the eyes with a smile and saying, I hope you have a better day, you know, that makes a difference. They feel seen. It gives them dignity and respect. Yes. And that's so important. How about people that hand out, um, you know, the bags to homeless? I've, I've heard a lot of people who, you know, or just food or snacks or socks or gloves. That's a great thing. That's an okay thing. Providing a real need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when my daughters were young, I had a daughter who wanted to bring everybody home. Mm -hmm. And so we had a pack of food from Costco in the car that when we encountered somebody who was on a street corner looking for food, we could give them water and something to eat. Right. And, you know, that matters too. Like, that's a helpful thing that says, look, I see you as a person and I know this stinks right now. But if you have some money to give, these agencies can really put it to good use. agencies will put it to better use. So, yes. So let me give a website, coloradosprings.gov slash get help. And this is a great website because people can go there if perhaps they know a family member or friend or someone who needs help because it can connect you to those resources or those same resources are the organizations that would very much appreciate donations, correct? Absolutely. Okay. That's great. And we have amazing agencies in our community and they're all on that web page. Okay. So you can go there and link to them. And some of them are things that you'd think of, you know, to our listeners, um, you know, Pikes Peak United Way and Salvation Army and um, Catholic Charities and those type of organizations. But there may be some that you haven't heard of and you can research them a bit more. What do they do? What exact resources do they provide? And you can really determine where your money goes. Absolutely. Okay. So anything else you want to add? I know you're new here, but do you have any favorite things about working for the city so far or favorite um, things about Colorado Springs? You're not new to Colorado Springs. I'm not new to Colorado Springs. Are um, you a Colorado girl? I'm not or? a native. Okay. That's yeah. okay. We don't, we don't judge <laughs> My her. husband's a native. I'm always like, he's a native. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I got here as quick as you could. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't want to leave after I got here. It's beautiful and I don't know how any, I understand why this is such a popular place to be. Yes. The people are fantastic. And I would say that that's probably my favorite thing about my place here at the city is the community development team is a group of passionate individuals that are really working hard to make things better for our city and for vulnerable populations. And I just love seeing how brilliant they are. Oh, thanks for all your work, for their work and your yeah. work. It's a really Thank powerful you. team that you have. Thank you for sharing about this. This is great. Absolutely. Okay, so one more time, coloradosprings.gov slash get help. We want to thank Crystal for her work. We want to thank our listeners for joining us and caring about the most vulnerable in our community. This is Behind the Springs. Thanks, everybody, for listening.